This week on the Country Music Media Podcast. I do want to be clear that I'm speaking as friend, not foe, to Morgan Wallen fans. So while my words may sound sharp in what I'm about to say, it's because I'm uniquely willing and able to provide some perspective that you can't get elsewhere. Come at me if you want. That might be proving my point. Welcome to the Country Music Media Podcast. My name is Billy Dukes, found on Twitter at Billy Dukes or at email billydukes at gmail.com. I like to throw those out there early. Show you I'm not hiding. If this is your first time, be sure to check out archive episodes that explore Eric Church's tour and Country Music's Reckoning with Race. Also some great interviews with the Cadillac 3's Jaron Johnston, Rolling Stone's Jonathan Bernstein, and more. And Monday we talked to ACM CEO Damon Whiteside about the show's television future and how streaming may play a role, as well as some of their diversity efforts. And if artists ever get mad at them for being snubbed, Angela Stefano from TheBoot.com revealed her ACM ballot the Monday prior as we build up to Sunday's show. Follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, or Amazon. Uh, Leave a rating as well. That's appreciated. Mondays are interviews. Thursdays are for news and commentary, and this is the Country Music Tour Newsweek. Chris Stapleton pushed his 2021 tour plans to October, kind of continuing a trend that's going to see fall open up for country music tours kind of on a full-scale basis, Eric Church and uh, Kane Brown are two more artists who are targeting the fall. Reba McIntyre, though, pushed a little bit further, though her tour won't begin until January. And then Chris Jansen, he announced a tour that actually I think is sort of underway. Uh, I'm not sure if it's as much a tour, just sort of all of his dates with a label. Um, but he's he's playing shows as soon as uh, Friday night. Luke Bryant caught COVID, and he's out at the ACM Awards, which I guess will involve some level of pre-recording. I'm, I'm a little bit confused on this point, to be honest, getting some mixed messages. I don't really think it matters, though. Eric Church releases the first of his Heart and Soul albums this week, and in two Mondays, a trio of panelists will review this album on the podcast. I like the Soul album, and then some some of the songs from the other two, but in my opinion, it is three separate albums. Don't think of it as a trilogy separated. Justin Moore announced his new album, Straight Out of the Country, recently, and he did it on his own podcast. Uh, that's a bold move. He gave himself the exclusive. Congrats. Morgan Wallen was brought back into the news cycle this week, and this is where we'll spend our time today. And to be clear, this might be the only place that Morgan's fans and I agree, he didn't really do anything to be pulled back into this news cycle. Until he wrote that four-page letter to the fans, that's not really related to what we're going to talk about today, but I will mention it at the end. This is about his fans, who have pretty convincingly proven that they're not going to give up on him. And that, in a lot of ways, is applaudable. Loyalty, forgiveness, understanding, compassion, these are all good qualities, good traits, very important. Make your own choices there. I do want to be clear that I'm speaking as friend, not foe, to Morgan Wallen fans. So while my words may sound sharp in what I'm about to say, it's because I'm uniquely willing and able to provide some perspective that you can't get elsewhere. Come at me if you want. That might be proving my point. Okay, Monday, several billboards went up on Broadway, West End Avenue in Nashville. Pretty close to Music Row. Within a mile of Music Row, really. Uh, Broadway, as it moves west, sort of bleeds into West End Avenue, and you got some nicer restaurants out there, and there's some residential. 
It's an interesting part of town that's just sort of removed from the downtown Lower Broadway area. And all three of these billboards, there's three of them each. They're like those rotating billboards. So there's various advertising. Uh, Each has two Morgan Wallen related advertisements as well as another sponsor as well. They called Morgan the Fans' Choice Entertainer of the Year, and they used the cutout mullet logo that you see sometimes from Morgan and added got, G-A-H-T, and also referred to the Bible verse, Mark eleven twenty-five. It's one that is about forgiveness, and one of the billboards says, support that boy from East Tennessee, and some reporting indicates, uh, this is from Rolling Stone, that there's going to be a permanent billboard put up in his hometown in East Tennessee. The story is that fans banded together to pay for the billboards. And Rolling Stone writer Jonathan Bernstein, who's been on this podcast, later confirmed this. And and a couple of days later, a note claiming ownership is said to have gone up on the billboards. They weren't there originally, but it now says, according to Rolling Stone, paid for by Darlene Ingram and 824 fans. Now, as a news story, this was pretty difficult to report. Uh, and this might be a little bit granular how the sausage is made, so so bear with me. But I think it's important to understand in the broader context. This was all done in private Facebook groups, allegedly. And no one was taking responsibility for it at first. In fact, a message to Music Mayhem magazine, who helped first report the story... This person asked to remain anonymous. And I'm going to circle back on the who in just a few minutes because I really think there's more to that there. But let's assume it was the fans. Do you all know what hustling backwards means? Hustling backwards. It's a phrase. It's popular in the sports podcast I listen to, although I'm not really sure if it was invented there or not. The host of that podcast's name is Bomani Jones, and he uses hustling backwards as a way of saying... You're working really, really hard for something that is going to get you the opposite of what you're hoping for. A perfect example of hustling backwards. Chasing a girl or a guy that's bad for you. That's hustling backwards. You think you want her. The reality is it's not going to end well. It is going to end poorly. Morgan Wallen fans are hustling backwards. The belief is, if we just show them we're here, then all things will be restored. And and the truth is, the opposite is going to happen. So here's a metaphor. Stick with me. Pretend it's not a singer, but a business. Uh, Say it's a, a barber, like a restaurant in a small downtown square. You know, like those little downtowns, get your little shopping district there, a farmer's market. On the Saturday, it's that kind of place. Friendly lawyer off to the side who pretends to be Santa on the holidays. Real quaint, right? And then, because, you know, these times we're living in are pretty divisive, this barber puts a sign out uh, on his window with a message, which, while not illegal, is just not nice. And it cuts against the common sense and the beliefs of the rest of the town folks. Now, I'm not going to draw in what that sign says. You can kind of fill in that blank to align with your own political ideologies, but it's something that's controversial, something you would you disagree with. You know, it could have to do with race, guns, abortion, all the hot topics. Now, small town media picks it up and it becomes a thing. A community leader decides to protest 
it really, really starts to burn into something. In fact, damn near every Saturday, people are protesting past your business because of this guy and his sign. Now the town starts to get a little bit of a reputation in the area, and even after the controversy kind of dies down a little bit, as these things do, people are sort of slow to come back. It's hurting your business. How do you feel about this, if you're one of those other business owners? Do you think, even if you are friends with this barber, you might harbor some level of resentment, even if he or she apologized for what he did and accepted the consequences of his actions? When Morgan Wallen dropped the N-word, it didn't just hurt Morgan Wallen. It hit country music as a whole. We became the stereotype. People stayed away. Interest in real country music news and content was down across the board. Engagement on social media, down across the board. Because anytime someone wanted to talk about anything, a Morgan Wallen fan would shoehorn them into the conversation. We did this once. We asked, who are you looking forward to seeing at the Grammys? Miranda, Marin, Brandy Carlisle. Most of the responses, many of the responses, said Morgan Wallen. He wasn't even nominated. And he couldn't have been. You know, The nominations came out in November. The, he was not slighted or canceled by the Grammys in any kind of way. Morgan Wallen is the barber. That's apologized. And his fans are the protesters that just can't let it go. No one else is out here screaming about this. I'm not going to make the point that a lot of people on Twitter like to make that it's not cancel culture, it's consequences. I think cancel culture is kind of an amorphous term. It's ambiguous. I think people define it differently. I don't think it's clear cut. And it's too new of a phrase really to have a really, really clean definition. Call it cancel culture if you want. Call it consequences if you want. Time, in this case, has sealed some of these wounds, though, as it does. You know, of course, if you if you dropped a single, uh, and he will, there's going to be some outcry, but it, it'll be less than it was in February because of time. Is that right? I don't know. That's not my point at this time. It's how things work. You, I mean, you can call it cancel culture, but at this point, you're the one doing the canceling. Morgan did speak this week, as I said. Sharon, he's doing all right. He has work to do. He's not going to be touring this summer with Luke Bryant or playing festivals. But he did say he'll be seeing you sooner or later. And I want to be clear here about something. On an individual level, I've had nothing but some really positive interactions with Morgan Wallen fans. So here's what happened. After that Billboard story broke, Taste of Country did some digging into some of the details, uh, made some contact with some people involved with the fan group who um, got together to finance these billboards. And we used, in our original story, the Urban Dictionary as a source for what got means. Uh, no, Urban Dictionary is not Webster's. But it's what was available, and we couched it as much, or at least we intended to. It, it wasn't interpreted that way. So obviously we didn't do our job uh, to the best of our ability in this case. The Urban Dictionary definition is pretty crass. And I'll read it here from Urban Dictionary. It's kind of crass. It's got an F word in it. It says, a saying from one of the best country artists, Morgan Wallen, say when you're chilling or drinking or effing. That's what Urban Dictionary has to say about that. Uh, yeah, kind of offensive. You know, fans were pretty upset by that, and I understand why. 
It turns out it can be used in that way, but Morgan fans really mean it in a much more pleasant way, and, and it's sort of a, a catch-all. Uh, the best case of what it means comes from uh, some merchandise on his website, and G-A-H-T got, I guess, I think the, the T is silent, so it's just got. Uh, interjection used for anything and everything. Not sure why that made the billboard, but whatever. I took some messages on Facebook and I explained and responded. Every one of the fans showed a real level of gratitude and clear, uh, for the clarification and the approach. Uh, really positive interactions. The, the other part of this story was who paid for the billboards. Because while one outlet said the fans did, there wasn't really any proof at first. You know, you, you couldn't see the receipts. All you had was this one anonymous fan, which is pretty shaky. So media outlets had to say, allegedly, until we got the proof, which we didn't. You know, I'm told it came from within a fan group on Facebook. Uh, also told that three people, including Darlene Ingram, who helped organize it all. And uh, also told that there might be some continued protests uh, leading up to the ACM on Sundays. And in fact, my source was a little bit concerned about the plans for these protests. Do you think Morgan Wallen is going to benefit long or short term from any sort of behavior that looks like the U.S. Capitol riots? I believe two of the organizers have already flown into Nashville and are meeting this week. Um, I believe there is a, a secret layer to this that involves more people than the group is letting on publicly. Uh, I won't say any more on that, but I let the ACMs know you're coming. They know. Cancel culture. Here's the thing with cancel culture. I've always thought it was a little more historical. So like if Morgan had said the N-word eight years ago in high school and we brought it up now, I mean, that's that's cancel-y, you know? What happened to Luke Combs with the Confederate flag was closer to cancel culture. But I think when you're talking about these kinds of issues, it's all fair to some extent, and how you respond matters. I mean, there's not a job in America that is going to allow use of the N-word to an audience and let you keep that job. A politician, a teacher, a cop, any of them get caught using that word. No matter where they are, they're going to get fired. Now, that's not to say that they shouldn't work again, and no one is saying that about Morgan. And in fairness, he's not trying to. No one from his team is out here promoting his music or his catalog or his concert tickets. Right now, we're all just kind of chilling, just kind of recovering, letting that time pass. You know, I, for one, am a little more prone to remember some of the positive things about Morgan than I was just two months ago. I was mad two months ago, mad at what he did, mad about what it meant for our genre, mad that I had to deal with his defenders that were legitimately racists, and this is the minority of his defenders, but they popped up in the comments section all over social media. Now, a little later, I can recall being there, on hand, in person. I was one of the few in the room as he recorded that version of Jason Isbell's Cover Me Up. I remember his sincerity during that interview and the humility. Now, time away. It's doing its thing. That can't happen when fans are building billboards to remind us all who they think the goat is. When you do that, you paint the artist as something less than contrite and humble about all this. He asked y'all to stand down. Stand down. It is without a doubt what is best for his career. The risk is he, he winds up in a group of artists that have huge, passionate fan bases, but no commercial viability. Because eventually Morgan's going to release a single. You know, every single 
comes out and it has what's called an ad date. This is a date that radio is suggested to play it. And on that date, a percentage of radio stations add it to playlists. Half is a really good first ad date. 25%, that's fine. You know, that's a good week. So song X from Morgan is dropped and your local station doesn't add it. And here come those calls from the fans accusing the station of canceling them. Is that fair? Maybe. But what if they just didn't add the song or had already, you know, they didn't add any song or had already promised to add something else or they just thought another song would better serve their audience this week but are open to it down the line? I mean, sometimes months pass by before a station gets on board with any particular song. Is that cancel culture? No, it's just airplay is finite. You know, those calls, though, they'll come streaming in. That's going to poison the water, leave a bad taste in the programmer's mouth. And that will lead, in some cases, to delays or the kind of canceling that you're trying to avoid. Sometimes, we just don't want to deal with it. So when you keep pressing on that bruise, and make no mistake, all of Nashville, the entire music industry, feels a bruise in one way or another here. It's just irritating. It's hustling backwards. By the Numbers This Week does find Morgan Wallen at number one on the album's chart once again. Carrie Underwood trails with her gospel album, and Luke Combs is at number three with his newest album. Single Sales, it's Taylor Swift and My Perfectly Fine, followed by Good Ones by Gabby Barrett, and Drunk and I Want to Go Home by L. King and Miranda Lambert. Chart expert Chris Owen and I, by the way, are talking about that song as a country single quite a bit coming up this Monday on the podcast. Streaming, it's Starting Over by Chris Stapleton, Forever After All, Luke Combs and The Good Ones. Most added is Luke Bryan's Waves. Number one airplay is The Good Ones by Gabby Barrett, which adds up to a number one hot country song week four. Chris Stapleton, go figure, starting over on top this week. Big thanks to Billboard for the charts, Taste of Country for the job, and Eric Church fans on Twitter for helping me with a really in-depth top 50 songs list. We went really deep with that, and I appreciate the conversation. At Billy Dukes on Twitter, email me at billydukes at gmail.com. Could L. King have a country hit? And how did corporate programming hurt Lady A but help Lainey Wilson? That's coming Monday during episode 51 of the Country Music Media Podcast. <laughs>